Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off the cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with someone else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, do you know what today is? And if you say July 5th, I'm going to punch you. Today is our 100th episode. 100th episode. You know what? I fucked up. I was going to bring one of those confetti cannons and like try to sneak it in and boom. <laughs> Layla burned them all up last night. There's yeah. confetti. There'll be confetti in my yard for three months. Yeah. At least three months. You can have thousands of dollars in fireworks, but nothing will incite a riot faster than one of those little pull string confetti poppers oh, going yeah. off right behind your head. Oh, yeah. You will lose your <laughs> shit. You will lose. I, I'm always torn. For, first off, 4th of July is like the it's one of my favorite holidays. Like Absolutely. Be, because it's just the, a great American like reason to have fun, right? Right. My problem is is every year I spend like way too much money. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to write down what I spent and I want you to then you tell me what you spent and then we're going to see if we're close. I'm writing it down right now. I don't want people to think or you think that I'm changing the number based on what you said. My So high, I wrote we're down going higher or lower. No, I'm just saying I I'm curious to know what you spent. So, oh, you want to? I want to know I, how I, much you spent. So we went all out this year. I know you did because we had the visitors in I town, wanna, right? This is like my average, and I want to know. Actually, every year it goes up a couple hundred bucks because of inflation. But I want to. I want to know think, what you think you spent. Oh, I we, spend way too much. Is the answer for me? I'm gonna say we spent somewhere between eight fifty and a thousand bucks on fireworks. Okay. I spent fourteen hundred dollars. And Joe spent $300. That's $1,700 worth of fucking fireworks. Yeah. That literally you just, I just went outside and lit money on fire and threw it on the ground. Oh, yeah. That's what happened. You combine combine the visitors we had and then our neighbors from across the street, and we were definitely over that. Dude, it's just like I, so the build up to it, I'm so always so excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. And I know a guy who he orders like a container. truck. Yeah. And they come to his house, and so I get a deal on a lot of them, which makes it even worse. And then we go to the Pyro City, that's the build, you know, the building on 50, yep. and get the stuff that he doesn't have. And like every year, I'm like, nope, we're not spending any money. And then the day comes, and I'm like, oh shit, I just spent $1,400 <laughs> on nothing. And Janine's mad as fuck the whole time. And then the next day, I have the serious regret. Like I go outside, and I look around, and I'm like, ugh. Ugh, this hurt. I spent so much money, and there's just shit everywhere. It yeah. takes you three hours to pick it up. See, we... Ugh, God, it was it was a great time. We only get them if it's a deal. And we kind of you get you kind of have to run the risk, right? So, like, we go to the fireworks tents, like, five to six hours before dusk yeah, on and, the 4th of July. And hope they have some left. Hope they have some left. Yeah. But what you're getting is, like, you know, 70 to 90% off. Yeah. So, like some of the stuff that we got, these big old cakes. Yeah. You know, 
they listed for like $250. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I would spend $250 on that, right? Yeah. And we get it for like 20 bucks, right? Because they're they're <laughs> just trying to close, like they're just wanting to go home. They got to get everything and out so there. We, we yeah. go to the Cornerstone Church one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And so like they're open 24-7. Yeah. So by the time that day comes, they're like just want to go home. And so they're yeah. like throwing free shit in your bag. They're yeah. like, just have these. I don't yeah, even know where these came their, from. They've yeah. already made their money. Exactly. So, you know, we spent... We spent that much money, but it went a long fucking way. Yeah. Um, last year, we literally last year, we were like, my daughter loves Fourth of July. It's her favorite day, right? Yeah. Well, midnight rolls around. She looks at me. And she's like, Dad, I'm tired. I can't do fireworks anymore. I was like, What? <laughs> she's like, I'm going to bed. And Joe and I are looking in the back of the mule, and there's like, we were lighting off three and four cakes at a time. And there's still more. It, and there was still more. So this year we like started early and I'm like, dude, we're lighting these two at a time. Yeah. Until it's over. Cause I'm not I'm not gonna be one AM yeah. out there lighting fireworks that I don't even care about seeing anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was fun though. So um we had these visitors in town from Canada. And um it's kind of a, kind of a funny story how it all folded or you know, unfolded. Um my son Got a gaming computer two and a half years ago, and he Mason. Yep, Mason. Mason. Okay, and so he finds like within two weeks, he's got this like new online buddy that he games with, and they got similar personalities. They jive well together. They they like the same games, and so they just meet up and they have the same time schedule. Where so they yeah, can play similar and time like schedule that. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So they they you know develop this friendship. Well, this that was two and a half years ago. They still play. Like five days a week, seven days a week. Like, oh shit! Yeah, they still play all the time, and so they came up with this crazy idea at the beginning of the summer of like, we should meet up. And this kid lives in Canada. He lives in Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, Canada. Saskatoon. Yeah, and so a lot it's, of provinces up there with S. It's uh, provinces. Is it province or Providence? I think it's province. I don't know. To be honest with you, mm. I could go either way. Uh, oh, here he is. Oh, man, look at that. Austin got on the Googler faster than ever. Yeah. So He knows he's about to get fired. He's, <laughs> he's 1,265 miles away from here. Well, that family, here it comes. Provinces. 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 Pro- provinces. Okay. Got it. So Learned he's 1,265 miles away from here. Um, he, um, they wanted to see what it was like, what Fourth of July was like in America. Because we have Fourth of July, they have Canada Day. Essentially, it's kind of the same thing. Fuck Canada. However, <laughs> yeah, however, I met the guy today, so it's okay. He's yeah. gonna be like, "Oh man, come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. What are you doing? Yeah. He's such a nice guy." Too. So, uh, you know, it's essentially like celebrating their formation of government and yeah. their independence uh, from England. Basically, Canada Day and Fourth of July is basically where both the U.S. and Canada said, "Fuck it, fuck you, England, suck it." You All know, right. Austin's <laughs> gonna have to look this up because I have to challenge. I thought that Canada was they broke away from France. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. They still speak French in Toronto and Montreal. Well, I don't know. We were talking about it last night. Now, granted, we had a few uh, libations. When did Canada, who did Canada get their independence from, Austin? Just Google that. It's going to take him a minute. We I, were talking about it last night, and... 
and he was. We drunk, were talking about how drunk. America was said "fuck you, England," and um, <laughs> and he was like, Canada said "fuck you," yeah, France or England, maybe both. It could I mean, be both too. French Canadian is a thing, right? Yeah. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure that they it broke could be away both from France. I mean, I paid attention a lot in high school during history. I liked history class, like the rest. Who gives a shit? Right. It's amazing I graduated. It says it's a national day of Canada commemorating the unification of three North American British colonies into the Confederation, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and the province of Canada. Nova, that's Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia, but okay. Oh, in the province of Canada. So yep. maybe the province of Canada broke away from France, and then the other... You know what? We'll have to have someone from Canada send... You know what? I could text him. When our buddy <laughs> figures it out, he will send you a message and we'll get it straight. There we go. When he listens to this show. Yeah, he'll send it in. He'll be like, you guys are idiots. You idiots. <laughs> this is what happened. Or he's going to send something in that says, I didn't pay attention to history either. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a side note, what I should do is have Google pulled up, but just don't record my mic, that podcast. And so people think that, wow, man, they're really smart. They're getting all these answers. <laughs> Shoot. I'm in, their, I'm in their ears just going They'll, like, they'll see right through that. Yes. Yeah, people know. People hear me speak and they know I'm not yeah. that bright. <laughs> they just so, know. so anyway, they, the boys come up with this crazy idea for them to come down, and we're all kind of like, "Yeah, okay, meet that person on the internet, right?" Like we do the typical parent thing where we're skeptical, right? And they're doing the typical parent yeah. thing where they're skeptical too. Of course, they are. They're like, oh, "Fucking America, yeah. Americans are crazy." And so uh, we're kind of feeling each other out. They're kind of feeling each other out, and everything else. Well, by this time, he's found our podcast. And so he started listening to the podcast. And he still came? And yeah, and he still came. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> and he still and he still showed up. Yeah. And so uh That's true love right there. Or he's insane also. Yeah. And so the like the mom, uh, they were trying to, you know, not not to convince the mom or anything else, but basically they were just like, Look, there are people. It's <laughs> the easiest way they could describe it. And yeah. sure enough, like, I mean, we get along with him great and there everything. Are, so. there are that would be funny if you people. looked at, and like his dad, like, also owns a Ford Lightning in Canada and he has like a plumbing business. Oh, we're about to get to that uh, here in a second. Oh, yeah. it's weird. I, did yeah. you notice I started the clock 10 minutes later? Uh, yeah, I did. See yeah. what happens? Yeah. So, for those that are listening on Spotify, we changed the layout. We changed of the room our room up a little bit. For episode 100. So, you have to at least watch one on YouTube. Help us out, you fuckers. But Mitch got me all messed up. I can't start my time clock anymore. It's, it's Time clock had to move. Yeah, it's like five feet. I can't barely reach it. His arms are short. I think I'm yep. going to get a clock and just put it on Mrs. Waller. I mean, there. we have a clock. It's off by an hour and a half or 20 minutes every time I'm in here. It's a different time. It's off by an hour. I haven't moved it for daylight savings time. That's it. It's 2.49. You're right. And it shows one, it shows 1.52. It's on by an hour and two minutes. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm getting you off track today. Yeah, So, so they... Like we we put all the plans together and everything, and they're just going to come down for the fourth and hang out. And so they set the plans, and it took them three days to drive here because they drove here in their electric car. Um, I they, can't, first off, when I saw it, I thought it was a micro machine. And I that don't thing's know how tiny. They, how do they drive it in Canada? It's a Chevy Bolt. It fucking snows up there like I know five feet a year. Yeah, and they're driving around this car that I could pick up and flip over, and I'm not big. Yeah, it's tiny. <laughs> like I could just feel like I could roll it over. It it took him three days to get here, but the cool part is, he only spent seventy five dollars to get here, minus hotel rooms. Well, correct, but you're gonna. I mean, with a family of four, you're gonna break up a twelve hundred mile trek in First three days off, anyway. No, <laughs> he says no. If you're in a car that small with two kids. And your wife, 
you want that trip to last the driving part of that trip to be as short as possible. Yeah. I don't I'm not extending that life cycle any more than I have to. I am literally <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to get up at 4. We're going to drive. NyQuil Jello for the kids. And when yeah. I feel like I'm going to die, she'll drive. And then when <laughs> she feels like she's going to drive, we'll die, we'll stay in a hotel. Like one night and then get up and go. Just keep cannonball run. Cannonball so, run. And what's crazy too is, I mean, from like, you know, Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, from there to here, you got to go through a part of America that, that is sucks that has horrible EV infrastructure, right? So it doesn't just have horrible EV and infrastructure. It's literally it sucks to drive through there in a gas signs, car. Signs is it Nebraska or South Dakota? There are signs that say, "Look, hey, there's no gas for the next 300 miles. So if you didn't bring any, don't go." Yeah, that's like what the signs say. Well, when we were in that Basically. area, I was pulling that camper. This was on our trip to Yellowstone. Yeah, you had gas in the back of the truck. I had to put two two five gallon gas jugs in the back of the truck because we were only getting like. 200 miles to a tank yeah pulling that camper and and yeah you're right there would be a sign that's like next fuel stop is 300 miles and i'm like we're only getting like 200 between <laughs> phillips you know and 10 gallons might not get us the other bit and so like here i'm driving as no, conservative as i can yeah. and like off the gas all down all the hills yeah, just and, letting it roll and uh we ended up running out of gas like I don't know, 40 or 50 miles from the next station. Oh, so thankfully shit. we were able to fill it with, you know, the gas in the, in oh the truck. Like, God. like we knew, like we planned yeah, for it, but you have to, yeah. you can't drive across that part of the country Yeah, without he, extra gas. He had one stop where he pulled into the charge station and only had 3% battery left. Oh, so, shit. I mean, he was running it close. You know what? And this is my problem with EVs. And look, we talk about this on the show all the time. I have no problem with people that own electric vehicles. Like it's fine. Eventually we'll get there. It's, but that's my I'm scared to death. Like if you yeah. if you die, you can't just walk down to the electric station and get some more electric and then walk back and fill up your electric. Right. You gotta go buy a generator or find someone nice enough to get you a generator and the plug and the I don't know what they have. Do they have a one ten that you can just plug yeah. into a oh, generator? Yeah. yeah. But and then you gotta have gas to run the generator. Or you just call AAA battery. and AAA tows you to the charge station and you just plug in. Oh, either way you're out money. Oh yeah, totally. In three hours. Yeah, totally. Plus charging a completely dead battery. Yeah. So that costs more hotel shit. It's, it's I mean, I just it's not it's a different philosophy for sure. We aren't fucking there yet. Okay? <laughs> Stop. Like right now Stop. it's like long range trips are still out. We're like still we're a little past the early adoption phase. I feel like with electric vehicles, it's just we're not. There's just not the infrastructure there yet. It'll yeah. get there. I mean, and I'm fine. I with don't it. have any problems with it. I no, I, I, don't I got my fair share of excitement with it, but it's never it's never let me down yet. The only part that's let me down is fucking Francis Energy Chargers in <laughs> Oklahoma. But other than that, I've been <laughs> I've been good with everything. So, uh, you know, we started talking about that because we just wanted to obviously 4th of July was yesterday. Today's our 100th episode. And we love I know I do. And I know Mitch does. We love America. Yeah. America's great. It's the greatest fucking country on the planet. Yeah. And we bring that up to say. If you're a business owner or want to own a business, the only person standing in your way is you because you literally live except for your buddy in Canada in the greatest country on the planet that all you have to do is work hard and you can get there. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Go, you, go America. You can do, you do whatever, whatever you, you put your mind to. You can do literally whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. We've we've mentioned it on the show before. 
that the the people that have the biggest challenge starting a business in America today are in the current middle class because they're comfortable. They're yeah. They don't have. They're not at rock bottom, right? If you're in the low class, the poor class, you you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. You you only place to go is up. Yeah. And you know what absolute hell looks like. So, yeah, you, so you can vow to never go back there. It's, yeah, it's easier to get out of it. Right. Right. Um, if you're in the middle class, you have all these unknown fears about what poverty looks like. And you have all these <clears throat> unknown, unrealized assumptions about what it may be like if you were to lose everything. And so you allow the fear of you possibly losing everything to stand in your way of gaining you know, a lifetime's worth of freedom. Yeah. It, I, I'd say it's a combination of exactly what you said and then people being um, like, so it's easy to be lazy when you are comfortable. Yeah. Like it's not always necessarily the fact that you're afraid to lose everything or afraid to, you know, go to poverty. It's that you're just, you, you're just complacent. Yeah. Like it's easy to just sit on the couch and watch fucking Netflix. Yeah. And do not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it just it, it's easy to do that, which yeah. is uh, this. I mean, we're gonna take a little weird turn here, but like that's why I think it's weird that Mitch drives so hard all the time. Like Mitch is the typical American middle class kid. Right. Like, I don't have a reason to drive hard. No, that's why that's why I'm bringing it up. It's weird. Yeah. It's like literally, it's just a mental mindset that you decided. Nope, this is what I'm doing. Your parents are not that way. Nope. Your brother is not that way. Gosh no. You came from a very nice home. Parents are both still married to this day. I mean, yep. there was there was no wanting in the Smedley house. Like when we were all kids and we'd go over there, we're like, dude, there's food in here. Yeah. There's beer in here we can steal. Dude, they got a bumper <laughs> pool table and a foosball table. And they're like, he's, they got a boat. We, we can go on the lake. And go, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that you've literally made it up in your own mind to say, oh no, this is I'm I'm going to even be greater than that. Like, right. To me, that's impressive. Yeah. Because I see people all the time that we know and grew up with, and they're just they're doing nothing. Right. They came from even better families than yours, success wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And and they've done literally nothing. They just sat around on their fucking ass. Yeah. Like you know, and and I and I say that because like when I was a little kid. Like, I come from a broken home, which wasn't a huge deal, but we were dirt poor when I was a real little kid. Yep. Like, so I know, like, that's what drives me is like, I'm not, my kid's not going to live like that. And right. I'm not going to live like that anymore. So that provides me motivation. Mm-hmm. And somehow you have managed to do it with no motivation in that area. Right. Well, and, and so you go to the extreme. And, and we talked about this, I think, in episode one. Uh, you take somebody that emigrates to America. Yeah, I was going to bring up my friend Byron, but yeah, you you've got you've got somebody that emigrates to America and they become wildly successful, and you wonder why. Well, they didn't have any more advantages than you did. No, it, but they had the drive. They had the passion. Yeah, right? they had the vision. They they had they knew what rock bottom looked like. Rock bottom was literally poverty in a foreign country with no opportunity for growth. Yeah, rock bottom was literally like a stowaway on a boat. Yeah like to get over here or a stowaway in a train or a car or something. Right. Yeah. And, and it's extremely impressive when you look at their lives and you're like, you did this from yeah. that. So like, holy shit. 
I've never met this person. I've only read a story one time, not even friends with him on Facebook or anything else. But one of my friends on Facebook was sharing the story of one of his friends. He was one of three survivors on a boat from Cuba. The boat had like 54 people on it. Like 51 of them died. Only three of them lived. He was one of them. Yeah, so now every day is the greatest day of his life. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, and now he's like crazy uber successful, yeah. right? And it's not this it's not this black and white thing of oh well he should be because he was he went through that. No, he is because he went through that, right? Yeah. Right. He, he didn't just rise to middle class and say like this is good enough. No. No, he kept going. He's seen the extremes. Yeah. And he knows what it's like to lose everything. He's been there, so he's not afraid to do it again. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, most of the people that are wildly successful know exactly what it's like to not have anything, and therefore they're not afraid of it. Yeah. Whereas you get your middle class people with your Netflix and your cable and your car and your DoorDash and your apartment or your house or whatever, and now all of a sudden you fear being uncomfortable. You fear losing your Netflix. What would I do without Netflix? What would I do without my car? What would I do if I couldn't DoorDash a meal? You might get up off your fucking ass. That's what. Right. <laughs> and and they get, you know, they totally get run over in business by somebody who's eaten ramen noodles every day for a year. Yeah, because that person is like, I'll go back. Watch out. Yeah. Yeah. With I this, will, if I don't run you over, I'll be fine. Yeah. I can eat ramen noodles again, but if this play works out... Yeah. I'm set. Yeah. And so if it get, doesn't work out, guess what? I'm eating ramen noodles again. Big yeah. deal. I've done it before. Well, and the other thing is like they're literally willing to sacrifice everything to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know what? I had those ramen noodles and I know I can go back to it, but I don't want to. Right. So my competition, good luck. Right. Get the fuck out of my way. All things that are possible in America that aren't possible in a lot of other countries. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. So yeah, I, for all you socialist turds out there that think that that's like the way to go, it's yeah. not because then we all get run over by the very small percent at the top. So just you yep. know, pull your head out of your butt. Stop being stupid. Yeah. Um. You know, talking with our friends from Canada, we we got we got a little bit of insight into like their because you never really know until you talk to actual people, right? No, you just know what you read. Yeah, you know what you read, you know what you see, but it's all through filters and it's all decided for you based off of all that stuff. So, you know, talking with him, we got a a little bit of an insight into, you know, how things are running in Canada and they're very similar to the U.S. Um, They have three parties over there and I'm drawing a blank on what they call their, what would typically be their conservative party. The best party. We'll just call it the best party. Okay. Um, they also have uh, the lim- the liberal party, and then they have what they call the new Democrats. And the new Democrats would be kind of like the socialist idea, but the socialist idea was a little too extreme. And so they had to kind of tone it down a little bit, and then they've kind of been like absorbed into the liberal party. Yeah. Very like, what does this sound like? It sounds like the US. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, um, but. He said that you know it's it's very similar to the U.S. where a lot of the the liberal or Democratic Party is in the highly you know densely populated cities that have a whole host of their problems of their own, but yeah. a majority of the country, landmass wise, a majority of the country is is on the conservative or Republican style party. Um, but yeah, they they share a lot of the same struggles that we do with with 
people seeing eye to eye and, and all of that kind of stuff. But their government is a little bit different in um, in the fact that like Trudeau, their president, um, he has he can't easily is easily be removed like ours can. No, like there's a little bit more and processes can, in place to keep him in there, and he can do a lot more. Yeah, without having the government say no, 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 no. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing that makes America great is you. It, there, it's called checks and balances for all of you that skipped history class. Yeah, like Congress, it has to go through Congress, then it has to go through the Senate, then it has to go through the President. So if any one of those things is out of balance, they can stop. Yeah, you know anything else? Not to mention judicial. We're, we won't talk about that, but. Like up there, he could be like, "Nope, we're doing this." Right, and a lot of times they just have to deal with it. Yep. Like when they had the COVID shutdowns and the trucking shutdowns and all that stuff, he was like, "Nope." And they they started freezing people's bank accounts and shit. I w- I wish I could have talked to him for like three hours. Yeah. I'd would. Did you hear what they're they're doing? Like some new gun control thing too. Like no new guns after a certain day, and if you own them and you die, then they have to be destroyed. Which is they, weird because well, they're trying. He said that it's not nearly as bad as the media makes it out to be. It's it's very it's very similar to the U.S. where the U.S. has like the NRA combating all that. Like oh, okay. like yeah, you have these wild extreme ideas of things that they want to do. Just like in America, they want to get rid of guns and you know all these wild yeah. extreme ideas. But then you have like in reality, here's what's really going to happen. Yeah. Um, but like. We were we were both agreeing on this one thing. There, there's a graph floating around where on the bottom of the graph, it shows it, it's like a bar graph or a line graph, and on the left side of the graph, going up the edge of the graph, it is your knowledge of history, and then on the right side of the graph, it is um, or on the bottom side of the graph, I mean, it is your trust in the government. Oh yeah, and basically it's just a proportional line that the more you know about history, the less you trust the government. Yeah, because you know what they've done to you. <laughs> yeah, like that you know that they're trying to control you all the time. People yeah. are just like, oh, I'm just yeah, take my stuff. Yeah, so um, that's funny. You know, and and they they do the same things where they they try edgier things in low income areas because they know those people don't have the means to. Yeah. Like push back or argue or fight or even maybe even the education level to know that this is not right, you know. And you know, I think that happens a lot here too. Oh, absolutely. People literally they turn on the TV and then like whatever they see, like so if you're low income and you turn on Fox and you watch Fox, you're like, nope, that's it. They're telling me. Yep. That's what you turn on MSNBC. Oh, nope, that's it. That's that's what I'm telling you. That's what they're telling me. Right. It's like, dude, you've got to. Yeah, you have it, to read informative information and form your own ideas. Yeah. And try to learn the truth the best you can. Yep. But like you said, you know, when it's low income and low education level usually is what follows low income. Oh yeah. Then they become you know, screaming lunatics yep. for one side or the other and yeah. it's just a shit show from there on out. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they rely on that and they need that, right? Like any political party needs a certain amount of uneducated voter base that's just going to blindly follow them. Yeah. They need those masses of votes. Yeah. They, so they do. Yeah. You can tell like which areas here are low income because you see people wearing masks outside when it's like a hundred degrees. Yeah. yeah. And you think like, aren't you like in pain and miserable? Yeah. And they're no, they're the, they're so afraid from what they've been told that yeah. they're just, 
easily controlled and easily manipulated. Yeah. Right. It's awful. We we went to um, Crown Center, which is like a, a entertainment district downtown in Kansas City. And uh, I hadn't been down there since I was a child. I've and been so, down there since the Royals won the World Series in 2015 for the parade. That's well, the last time I've been down there. So I was in the area, like for the Royals parade and for the Super Bowl stuff and all of that stuff. Like I was in that area. But you didn't like spend time going to different places. Yeah. Like the, the parade kind of goes through the edge of Crown Center. Um, and you're not really like you're just in the area. You're not like in the shops. Right. Well, you could and be. So, but yeah, I you know could what you're be. Saying. And, and so we went down there. We took this Canadian family down there. And, um, um, we went to Legoland and the Sea Life Aquarium. And they're kind of a joint venture yeah. next to each other. You get one ticket or a combo. A combo, whatever. right. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's propaganda inside those. Oh, yeah. You know, you go into the Sea Life Aquarium and like literally every exhibit is talking about what you can do to make a difference in the sea turtle's life and what you can do to make a difference in this, yeah. this one rare fish species life. Yeah. Right. Stop using gasoline. It, yeah. It won't kill. Don't, don't use plastic. Yeah. Meanwhile, and, the wall that's holding the aquarium up is made of plastic. Right. And resin. And it's written on a plastic, <laughs> you know, yeah. sign. Don't use plastic. Yeah. And okay. me- meanwhile, <laughs> right next door... Is the Legoland exhibit, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what are Legos made out of? Metal, right? Uh, yeah, not. Is it metal? So, <laughs> well, what, what people also get wrong too is they'll buy into that, but they also don't change their habits as far as like spending all this extra money on DoorDash and food and entertainment, where it's like they're trying to live at like two extremes. They want to make, they think they're making world changing efforts by donating and to help sea turtles. Yeah, but then it's like. But then they don't change their personal habits to help yeah. the world. Well, like what Dora Peterson says, like, yeah, start by just, cleaning your room. Like, yeah, they just, throw, <laughs> they just throw money away. Well, that's like literally, no one, it, this, we're going to get off topic, I know it. Like, for, for the world to be changed at the level that people that put up those signs want the world to be changed at, there are no more cars. There is no more indoor plumbing. You have to now install an outhouse and go outside and take a shit when it's 10 degrees out. Right. Like no one's none of those people are really willing to make those type of sacrifices, which is what it would take right. for us to meet the goals and crazy goals that people have set out. Yeah. So just I mean, it just makes me so mad that people are so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like if you you can't change your house until you can change yourself. You can't change yeah, right? Yeah, you can't change your neighborhood until you can change your house. You can't change your city until you can change your neighborhood. Yeah. You can't change your state until you can change your city. So, like, all of these people have these big, grandioso efforts to make big change, but they're walking around morbidly obese with some of the most unhealthy habits imaginable. Yeah. They have no discipline whatsoever. So, like, the, you know, Andy Frisella has a great saying. He says, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. And and he's, I mean, he's spot on with it. If you want to rebel against anything and you want to have a shot at being successful at it, you need to be exercising personal excellence to the highest degree because you're not going to have a shot at rebelling against the city, moving in townhomes where you don't want them unless you know how to make that impact. Well, like take steps back, right? Yeah. If that's happening right now, and you have zero level of personal excellence, you're not, you don't stand a chance at stopping the city on this one. Yeah. Practice personal excellence. Practice making changes personally. 
then move forward. Practice making changes in your household, then move forward. Practice making changes in your neighborhood or in your city and so on. And that is how you end up having an impact. You can't just go straight to fight the city or fight the, ba- the big giant battle and expect to have an impact because you don't know how. And until you know how personally and within your household and within your neighborhood, only then will you know how to make big change massively, right? Yeah, yeah. people think they can just jump full-on head into anything Mm -hmm. and realize what is actually going on. Right. Or how to dictate change. Right. When they can't, like, in in layman's term, like you just said, can't dictate change in their own life. Yeah, and and the same goes for work, too, right? So, like, you have... 100%. You have a guy who thinks he, like, uh, let me, uh, true story. So some of the guys that I work out with on Sundays, um, they were I'm telling. I'm not one of those guys for all of you wondering. Me neither. Yep. But we, you knew that. We know Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not afraid we to don't admit. need to state the obvious. I'm not afraid to admit that. So. Uh, uh, Are you guys still doing one, it at Dog Pound? Yep. On Sundays? Yep. Does Tyler and, still go? Yeah, uh, he doesn't go. He, Not he's, on Sundays anymore. He's probably only there one out of ten times, which you don't blame him. Like he runs no, the gym, yeah, he owns the gym. He wants to get the he fuck wants, out of there. Yeah, yeah, he wants a day off. So, um, but uh, uh, one of the guys there, his his cousin, I think his cousin, um, owns the pizza shop across the street, and it's a stop. Which one? The pizza uh, place. The pizza place. Yeah. They got banger pizza. First off, I love the pizza place. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So um I didn't know I I could be getting coupons, discounts, free yeah. pizzas. So he was he was telling me a story about a young man that um he's in his twenties, but he's he's kinda like uh dazed and confused, right? The get the main character in Dazed and Confused. Love that guy. Um played by Matthew McConaughey. First off, the main guy in Dazed and Confused is not Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> well, Okay, one of the main characters, the, the character that's played by Matthew McConaughey, okay. where he's stuck in the previous generations, right? Where he's older, always hanging out with the young kids, can't seem to get his life straightened out, whatever. I I envy that guy. Just well, a side note. You know, they stay the same age, yeah, right? Yeah, I keep dating girls in high school because I keep getting older and they stay the same age. Yeah. So... Um, uh, uh, they this pizza shop had an employee come on that was similar to that, right? He's like in his twenties. I mean, I mean, the average age in this pizza shop's like sixteen. We're gonna or go seventeen. We're gonna go to a weird place because I worked at two pizza places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In high school. <laughs> so, so this guy in his early twenties gets a job there, right? And he's one of those guys that, for whatever reason, just can't seem to hold a job anywhere. And so he's there. He has no focus, right? No, no. He, he you know, like day one, he's trying to tell them all the things that they're doing wrong. Oh. And it's like, dude, it's your first day. They've been in business for a while. Pretty sure they got this figured out, right? So uh, hold your tongue, right? Yeah. Day two, he's mixing mac and cheese, or he's he's like gloved up, and for some reason, yeah, uh, <laughs> for, for some reason, uh, he's got his hands like in mac and cheese, right? I don't know if it's because they mix it by hand with gloves on or what. I, I'm not they sure. Might. Yeah. And he looks over at the worker next to him, and he says, you know what this reminds me of, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> and, he, and he drops some innuendo. He's in his early 20s. These, this girl is like 16. First off, 
And so Side note, obviously he didn't, that was his last day. Don't hire, <laughs> day two. don't hire anyone under 18. Like I know you can as like a server or like a hostess and stuff. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Because most of the people that work in the food service industry, and I was among one of these people, we're mostly losers at that age. Uh, perverts. You, you spit, you say pervert. Like I say, loser, <laughs> pervert, loser, <laughs> looking to sc- I almost said something really awful. I mean, looking to just do things you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Like, stop hiring girls that are under 18 in those establishments unless well, they're a hostess only. I, I don't care. Like, if my daughter comes to me and says, well, my friend got me a job as a hostess at Fiorell's Jack Stack. Fuck no. Right. No. I know no. what goes on in restaurants. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Stop. They got to hire some age, right? But anyways, on with, on with your story. So, so he's a creeper. He gets fired. So he gets fired on day two, right? And, like, and What was the comment? Did he say? Yeah. What, I mean, what do you think? Putting his hand in warm I mean, macaroni this, and cheese. This feels like a nice, juicy... Yeah, move. I mean, take... <laughs> like, is that what he said? Take it wherever you want, <laughs> right? This show is taking a left turn. But, but ultimately... Can you get fired for that? Oh, probably these days. Like when uh, we were seven, yeah. First off, when we were 17 and 18, you're not getting fired for that. They sit you down in the office like, dude, look, dude, what are you fucking HR doing? will have a heyday with that. But now, yeah, you're probably getting fired. Right. I said worse shit than that at the jobs I had when I was 18. Well, yeah, they're construction jobs. I mean, I mean, I may have known on... You can't take a pizza shop no, employee and put them at a... I <laughs> worked at Pizza Hut until I was 19. Yeah. And things happened at that store that would wreck your mind. <laughs> that, I, mean, just, grave. I mean, I'm not. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying back then, like you just got pulled in the office and like, look, dude, you have, can't be smoking joints out back on you ever, break and then come in and be making pizzas. Have you seen the, the manager? Your hands. And then the manager would wink at you like, dude. Wink, wink, don't get fucking caught. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, that's what they would say. Now it's like... How oh. dare you not invite me? Yeah, now it's like, now you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Did, you're telling me you grabbed Jessica's ass? Like, as she walked out of the walk-in? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was firm. You're fired because I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't It wasn't you're fired. It was, was it tight? Yeah. Yeah, it was a tight ass, dude. It was, it was nice. Dude, if you do that again, I'm gonna have to fire you. Yeah. And then, like, six months later, that guy's stoned, doesn't remember, you do it again, and then he's like, hey... Next time you do that, you're going to get fired because he's done forgot. Yeah. Now it's your fired on the spot for any fun stuff. Have you seen the Facebook reel that floats around? It's a it's a safety guy that has this channel and he's really funny, and he puts this funny filter on his face, and he plays two characters. Right. He's got the safety guy character without the filter, and then he's got the he's got a real goofy face filter on. I, I've seen one of those, but the guy doesn't put a filter on. He's just wearing a hard hat. Yes. And he's a worker. And then he's like, then he goes over and he's the boss manager, yep. HR guy. Yep, yep, Like, yep. I have seen that. Look, you can't be doing And then he goes over and he's like, you motherfucking goddamn yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. So, They're so, actually really good. <laughs> so he's got one where he's like, uh, the, the HR guy is like, uh, you know why you're in here, right? And he goes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well... Apparently, you gathered all the employees up and told them you got a handmade Christmas gift for them. And then while they were standing all gathered around you, you flipped them off. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, yeah, I thought it was funny. And he goes, well, you can't be doing that. And so I'm going to have to write you up. And then the employee goes, well, 
I got you a gift too. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you did? And he goes, yeah. And this one came from the heart. And he flips him off too. <laughs> and he flips the HR guy off again. And he goes, don't spell my name wrong on the write-up slip this time. <laughs> That's what I'm talking You can't, the world now is just, you can't have any fun. No. Like what? It's, it's the no fun league. Like, right? It's just, we, like, what are you doing, man? We, I mean, every business technically has an HR department. It's me and Danielle that wear the HR hat, right? So we keep it to a dull roar, but at the same time, you got to have fun at work. And so we still have a lot of fun at work. I mean, shit, one of my plumbers drove his golf cart over to my house Can yesterday. We stop? Well, I just want to say this real quick. In no way or shape or form are we at the void or trade winds telling you to do things that aren't HR compatible. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer, if you do it and something happens, don't try to sue us because Mitch is an idiot. That's what I'm saying. Also, side note, we still haven't wrapped up the story about the the guy at the pizza place. Well, yeah. We're getting there. Okay. He got fired. He got fired. For saying this macaroni and cheese smells like a whip. He got fired. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can't. You can't go into a place and try to show them what to do when obviously they've run the place really, really well. Yeah. But then also, you got to watch what you say, right? You got to yeah. be, you got to be a little bit PC. <laughs> but I mean, shit. One of my plumbers yesterday came over and uh, drove his golf cart over during in the middle of all the Fourth of July celebration stuff. And like, is it dark out? Oh yeah. Is it the guy that lives in your neighborhood? Yep. Okay. So he comes over and he. Shares a beer with me, right? It's kind of our holiday tradition for Halloween and Fourth of July. He comes over twice. First time he comes over, we share a beer. I give him a beer. Second time he comes over, he gives me a shot. Oh, nice. So he's just perusing around the neighborhood, checking yeah. out the whole place, you know. The the two holidays where we're neighborhood intermingling amongst the neighbors is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, we so we don't have an HR department. Here my guy is smashed on a Golf as cart. As, as long as he's not wearing a Smedley plumbing shirt, he may have been. <laughs> now you got to have a talk. We got we got a Fourth of July parade in the neighborhood tomorrow, and it's possible that I'll be driving our little miniature go kart in that parade. And I can't guarantee that I will be one hundred percent. Stop right now. You guys have athletic. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're not athletic. You're telling me that you guys have. A Fourth of July parade put on by your neighborhood HOA. Well, yeah, the kids decorate their bikes, and you do best bike in class. The, you know, do you like fireworks or they just do a parade? My neighborhood thinks they're kind of bougie, so they all have golf carts. So yeah, they'll I decorate know. the golf carts and have that parade. Yeah, I'm you, you are I'm like, entering the miniature go kart in the uh, in the golf cart category. You'll probably win. Well, I know. So my buddy Spencer, my plumber. He's on the committee, the the votes. Oh, you're winning. Then. No, last time, last night, I told him flat out. I said, "See to it that we don't win." Like, I don't want to. I'm gonna have fun, but I don't like. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is take the joy away from some kid who spent all day running uh, streamers in between his bicycle spokes. I don't. I. <sighs> why? <laughs> like, like it's like, why. Because it's a it's a freaking fourteen hundred dollar go kart that we put together. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about why do you have the parade? Oh, why do we have the parade? It's you, it's just fun to promote neighborly stuff. What's funny is it still causes division. You fuckers don't have enough shit to do. 
I told Mitch this yet today. If you need stuff to do, come to my house. I will put you to work. I got plenty of work. Apparently, people in this neighborhood don't have enough struggle and don't have enough shit to do. See, I got in they trouble. just don't have it. I got in trouble at Quitrip a few times for HR stuff. Except them, they they record video and audio twenty four seven. That's not good. So I've when been you get the call, two days. So when you get the call from the boss, he's like, "Yeah, so I heard you making those." I, I made some Mexican jokes while I was at work. And he's like, also, I heard you say some stuff about me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I did say a lot of stuff. I did say yeah. a lot of shit. You know what I said mostly is you're a fat waste of fucking space. Yeah, and if you so were if a good leader. Me, do it now. If you were a good leader, you would realize that imitation is the highest form of flattery for one. But mm. for two, if that stuff offended you, maybe you should do a better job. Yeah. Well, I made a joke. Well, he, he made more jokes about Mexican. You know what? My friend Byron Alvarez, I'm going to send him over to your house. <laughs> well, no, the thing he's is, a, he's, he's a real Mexican. Th- too. Like in an actual he will workplace. Mess you up. <laughs> the thing is, in an actual workplace, like when you make Mexican jokes, like Mexicans think it's funny and they'll make jokes about themselves back to oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, 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 the, whole, the whole PC thing is bullshit. Like, so, yeah. so my friend Byron, like his daughter and my daughter played soccer together and they were on the same team for a full, all, I don't remember if it was a full year or two years. But anyway, like he would walk up to me and just like make the most racist white guy joke ever. Yep. And I laughed and didn't care. And then I would, you know, make fun of him and he would laugh. And then we would go to lunch mm-hmm. and we would drink beer. And it was, oh, you know what? It's okay to be friends with people yeah. that aren't the same skin color as you. And it's, it's okay. And it's okay to talk about the stereotype differences yeah. between you. Like yes. it's called humor. Well, and and it's mm. called you know all these people want to act like I don't know how we got off on a race I don't know why we still have him he has a mic no, I, I, just, <laughs> I don't fucking understand why he still has a mic I'm gonna take his mic away from him <laughs> but it's like if the real problem is you cannot be friends with someone that's a different everyone thinks you cannot talk to them about the issues and like you can't go to your black friend and say hey dude this is what's going on. And we should talk about it. What do you feel about this? Right. Like, what's your opinion? Because all of the media and everything has like built this whole thing up as, oh no, you can't talk about it. No, the only way to reach a point where no one is racist ever mm. is to have conversation and be friends with each other. Mm. Yeah. And it's like no one feels comfortable enough to do that anymore. Yeah. Like I ask my friends that aren't white all the time, I'm like, hey, dude, what do you think about this? Right. And I know they're uncomfortable. Like yeah. they're they're like, dude, they just look look at me weird. They're like. It's like you can see in their eyes they want to say, should we be talking about this? Yeah. Yes, yes we should be talking about it. Absolutely, we if should. If we can't talk about it, what's the? It, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. You know, this whole thing of, you know, it just being a racist country and people are just racist and this and that and blah, blah, blah. People are born, white people are born, born racist and Mexican people are born racist. No, they're not. Right. My daughter, Layla, her two best friends are black girls at her school. She's been over there twice this last week swimming in their pool. Right. When we go over there, we're fine. It's okay. it's fine. They're best friends. I don't even know if they like they know they're a different skin color. Do you think they care? Not at all. Of course not. They're best friends. They don't give two shits about any of that kind of crap. Right. It's just it's people that want to be divisive have like found out a way to like drive that wedge all the time Absolutely. and just say, nope, this is how it's going to be. We're going to be divided all the time. Yep. Why? It's that social currency. Why? Thing. Why can't Why can't I just go up to my friend Kevin, who's black, and be like, hey, Kevin, what's going on, man? Like, we literally had this conversation one day. We're standing there, and we're talking about movies, and he lists these movies off, and he's like, have you seen that? And I was like, yeah, I've seen that. 
have you seen that? And he's like, well, those are black movies. And I was like, dude, Friday is like my favorite movie of all, one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. And like, then you can kind of like break that stereotype. And I'm like, dude, it, like, this is one of the first real conversations we've had. I was like, dude, I don't care what, like, it doesn't, I don't give a shit if you're black. It doesn't fucking matter to me. I don't care. Right. Like, we're just, like, I like talking to you. And we're, our kids play soccer and we're friends. It's, I, I don't care. It's part of it. Like, he was nervous bringing that stuff up around me. Right. Like, he thought I was going to be some kind of racist weirdo. And, like, I could tell, you know, and I was like, dude, that shit doesn't bother me. Right. Yeah. You it, know, I don't, I don't care. The, the, so our visitors from Canada, they, they were talking about some motion that's causing a lot of buzz right now in Canada where the nation is trying to make it a rule that only accredited media agencies can talk about current events on social media. And I like, first off, I like that idea, but the problem is how do you decide who is accredited? Here's the problem. I don't, that's the problem. I don't like that idea because basically what they're doing is the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs, all of those things. Those are the only ones that get to talk about. That's what I'm saying. Issues. That's what I'm saying. How do you decide who those people are? Right. Like I can see the idea is so their purpose behind it is to muscle out independent journalists. Yes, that's what I meant by that. Is their idea is to muscle those guys out that are giving you the actual truth rather than the the liberal narrative or the Republican narrative or anything. Well, the the spin, and that's what I meant. Like, so if the government's deciding, you're in trouble. Absolutely. Like Like the like I like that idea as far as if there was a true. 100% 100% independent fact-checking organization that decided that would be perfect. Yeah. But you know that that can't happen. It's it's impossible it's for impossible. that to happen. It's impossible, yeah. which is which is why we have the first amendment here. Yeah. Which is why you have to have free speech. And that's the the moment a government begins to control the flow of information, what's that remind you of? Uh World War II Nazi Germany. Exactly. So what they would do is they would um, they would literally have all news was filtered through them. Yeah. And so the only thing people heard, I don't know what I don't know why we got on political topics, but this is literally what this isn't this isn't political. This is history. This is literally what's happening in this country now. Like literally, uh, Rachel Maddow, stupid worthless bitch. Like, she did a deal, and I know that she was part of it, and her bosses were part of it. They were like, well, we cannot air Trump's speech about X, Y, and Z until we decide that you people need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Like, you get what? Yeah. Like, they were like, no, we're going to filter it, and we're going to narrate, and we're going to decide because we don't know if it's good for you is yeah. basically what she was saying. That's, like that's pro that is Nazi Germany propaganda. It's no different than the presidential debates. That's not the right word I meant to say, but no, yeah. it, it kind of is. I mean, it is propaganda on what they're pushing, but literally, when you decide what to filter because you don't view it as your truth, your yeah. I'm I'm doing quotes again. I don't know why I do this. Your truth, quote unquote. Um, that's a problem. Yeah, that's literally um, filtering people's first amendment right yeah and that is that's literally what happened in world war ii yeah and then all those people you know got together and were like oh nope 
Heil Hitler. Right. It's just like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's, how, it, it's a snowball effect, right? It's not like, like when you look at, when you look at how all that happened. You, you're talking about World War II? Yeah. Well, that's what, have you ever like heard any of the interviews that they've had with Jewish people or, um, and not just Jewish people, but people in the neighboring countries? They're like, how did you let this happen? They're like, no, it, it wasn't overnight. Well, it was just like one little thing would happen. Yeah. And then we would accept it. And then the next thing would happen. And and we would accept it. And the next thing would happen, and we would accept it. And then we accepted the last thing. And next thing you know, they were packing us up in vans and shipping us off, and it was too late. Right. And that's like the slow play all of, of death. All of those little things that happened were hidden under the disguise of hope that things would get better. We're going to do this little thing. Yeah. And they would spin it that this is a, a way for things to get better. And yeah. then we're going to do this other little thing. We're, we're going to have you wear a star. And this is actually better for you. Yeah, so that people won't mess with you. Yeah. Like and and now all of a sudden they're rounding up everybody wearing stars. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was it was literally like I watch a lot of documentaries on that and it's just like it's the saddest and most intriguing thing. Yeah. Like that's why I think people keep watching that stuff because literally it's been out for forty years and people keep watching it because it's so intriguing that that kind of the people that care about it. Yes. Well, it it's intriguing that that kind of stuff could have happened you know what yeah. i mean it's just it's it's unbelievable to me and, yep and i just this is kind of like i don't i'm not trying to compare like religious people um to what happened in world war ii but like people all the time that are religious are like oh well it'll be fine yep oh that's exactly what they were saying oh yeah. well it'll be fine it, this you know what it, it won't get that bad and then when you look back over the last 20 years you're like holy shit it got bad yeah like real fast well and so you mentioned religious there's there's a lot of people that put blind faith in god to do things that they should be doing themselves yeah god's literally screaming out his window right now hey pick up your fucking guns what are you doing right like i gave you the means to buy weapons and i gave you a country that allows you to have weapons and you're just standing around like a bunch of fucking dumb goats right getting ready to get shot right what are you doing yeah, it, there's there's a lot of people, even on the small scale, not even on the country scale, right? Yeah. Oh, I want I, I want a job, or I want to be better at this, and so I know God will provide for me. And like, uh, He provided you with the ability to think for yourself and the ability to learn and grow. So and, and think he, for yourself, learn and grow, and develop the skills to get the better job. Yeah, you literally drove by four now hiring signs on your way home, yeah, and didn't stop at any. Right. Because you're waiting for a sign from God. Yeah. You passed four signs. Yeah. <laughs> Literally four signs. What are you doing? Yeah. Get your ass in gear. Get a job, you bum. Yeah. And so like there was somebody that posted on our local community page talking about how they're they're looking to find a job and a job that pays well enough that they can get their family off welfare and all of this kind of stuff, right? And they posted anonymously, and I usually don't even comment on anonymous posts because yeah. I think it's the most chicken shit thing yeah. ever. And and so I said, look, I don't know who you are. I don't even know what kind of job you're wanting to get into. However, here's the way to master any job out there. You get hired. You learn their system. It's their system. Their business is built around their system. You have to respect their system. You learn their system. You learn it better than anybody else there. And then you constantly search for ways to add value to the business and its customers. Yeah, and yes, if you can do that, you will promoted. rise to the top super fast. And literally, literally, her post was, 
I'm having a, I can't keep a job. I can't find anybody willing to pay anything. I can't, you know, all this stuff, right? Yeah. She replies to me. Meanwhile, just a side note, um, they will hire anyone right now and pay you a lot of money to do nothing. Yeah. Because they, there are no workers. Yeah. So she literally replies to me and she says, I have no problems doing the job once I get the job. Well, obviously you do, because your post said you were having a hard time keeping a job that pays well enough to get you off of welfare. Yeah. So Sometimes you have to prove yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and it's like, okay, that, like, I don't want to bash this person or anything else, because I don't even know who they are, but you can't, you can't sit there and recognize the fact that you've had several jobs that all paid like shit and not think the problem is you, right? Now... Maybe it's maybe the problem's not you. Maybe it's your job selection criteria ability, right? Maybe you just keep picking shitty jobs. Or I maybe, don't know. Maybe you keep picking jobs that you're not actually qualified for. Uh, maybe I don't know. You know. It could be a lot of things. Yeah, but but to to take a response like that, and and that the, my response got very low. Like it only got two reactions. I think one person liked it and one person laughed at it, and. <laughs> But meanwhile, all the other comments were all of these places that are hiring worker bees. Yeah. Hiring, 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 yeah. hiring. Pick one. Pick one. Like, get at it. Pick three and go on three interviews and then pick one. Choose which one's best for you. Yeah. It's because yeah. people just, they like the pity bucket. You know, yeah. they just like the pity bucket. Well, I, I mean, I've heard it time and time again that if you, have to, if you have to ask more than three people for advice, you don't want the actual advice. You just want attention. Yeah, that's true. And like, <laughs> I think we've talked about that. Yeah, like, yeah, you're 100 percent right. You just you just want the attention that comes with it. So, look, I don't mean to push you to move on, but we've been talking for an hour and we still know. got two to go with. Yeah, I I liked that stuff though. You got you know what? I, I, so I'm gonna say this again for those that are on Spotify and stuff. Watch YouTube. I like this. Yeah, I feel like I we can, face each other I better. Can see Mitch. I I feel like there's a he keeps rapport. playing footsie with me under the table. That's not my foot. <laughs> <laughs> What else do you want to talk about? So I got this cool little chat bubble thing on my website. So I'm constantly like... Are you talking about Smedley Plumbing, right? Yep, okay. yep. Um, so as we talked about before in like marketing and everything else, you have your tried and true proven stuff, and then you have like this small amount of budget where you're just taking guesses on shit and throwing darts at the wall. And eventually you find darts that stick really well, and then it becomes tried and true and proven stuff. Yeah. And so I threw a dart about a month ago. And I got this little chat bubble thing First on my off, website. You threw 57 darts. Oh, and, well. And yeah. one hit. I, no, I, yeah, I threw a lot of darts. <laughs> this um, one hit. This, this one's pretty cool. It's, it's this little chat bubble thing on my website. And so, you know, a lot of times when you see a chat bubble on the website, it's this fake AI-generated, like, bot responder to yeah. where you can text them, right? I hate those. I, I close, hate it. I close every one. Close, yeah. close, close, close. Exit close. out, exit out, exit if, out. If it keeps coming up, like like if I close it in one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, and it comes back up, I will leave the website and yeah. do something else. I will yeah. go to another competitor and be like, nope. So this, this chat bot takes the first couple seconds of the video that you record. It's a, it's a video recording of yourself. Okay, so, and, so you record a video like on your laptop or yeah. phone or whatever and then send it? Yep, and, and I, I just misspoke. It's actually it's not a chat bot, so I, I got to quit saying that. It, it's, you think it is the split second you see it, but then you quickly realize it's not. It pops um, up like a chat bot, but it, it's not a chat bot. It's a concierge bubble. 
is what it is. Ooh, concierge. And so That's basically, for you. I know. <laughs> if they click on the little bubble on our site, okay, what they get. So before they click on it, it's a bubble of me standing at or sitting at my desk, like waving at them, and it's got a little thing that says "click here." So when they click here, it's basically a video that I recorded myself. And it's it's welcoming them to the website and giving them a, a high like a crazy fast high level tutorial about the company, and then as they once like once they've clicked on it, they're seeing all this, and then there's three buttons to click on right below it, and like one is to go to our Google reviews, one is to if you want to call and set up a service call, click here, and the moment they click there, it just calls us, and then the other one is like if you want to uh, if you'd rather text us, you can click here and just text us. Um, it's, it's completely changed the engagement on our website because now people don't have to like navigate our site. Now people don't have to find all the things and everything else. Like if they've clicked on the bubble, it's what, like a little informational, like an instant concierge. Yes. Yeah, spoken right? informational. What's like the it. main reason people go to your site? They want to check out your reviews. They want to call you. They want to text you. Yeah. Right. Nobody goes to your site because they just want to. I'm infatuated with plumbing, and I want to learn what their website looks like. Like, I mean, if anything, they're going. I mean, there's probably a couple crazy fuckers out well, there, maybe doing that. Video. But they're not our customers, right? They may be web development people or some shit like that. Yeah, maybe. So, like, this Stalkers. takes them straight to, like, the meat of the site. Yeah. What Call they want to see. Text yeah. us. Check our reviews. That's cool. And and you can change I've the buttons. I've never seen that before. Yeah, you can change the buttons around. You can do all this kind of cool stuff. And it's why it's, don't we have one on trade ones? I mean, we could. Like, okay, maybe hey, we'll, maybe we'll be. Doing here's it. the brass tax of why why you know ultimately that's what it is. Is like what's the brass tax of your website's function? Interesting. And then you just guide them to it. Um, what's it called? Uh, well, I, I just I'm a, I want to <laughs> check it out. I don't know. I just call it my little bubble on my website. Um, oh fucking! I meant like if I wanted to look into doing it for trade I'll, wins, what do where where do I go? I'll reach out to the guy, and by the time this show airs, I'll get us a little link to where like if, on the description of the show, if you click on a link, you can find. I it. don't care about that. Will you send me the link? Yeah. Okay. Totally. God, it's like so, pulling my own fucking teeth out sometimes with you. <laughs> what? <laughs> ultimately, what I'm getting at with this is You're like me, to to follow up on one of our previous shows where we were talking about throwing darts. In oh, and following up with in them, marketing, yeah. That's that's kind of what this was was a dart throw, and I mean it's crazy. Like you get you get some crazy high level stats coming back from this. Like the bubble was open, like day the one of this thing running thirty seconds. This person went to this first, like that kind of stats. Yeah, like he'll give you a pie chart of like this many people clicked the Google reviews, this many people clicked call, this many people clicked text. Our phone this morning was blowing up with text messages, and it's never done that before. And it's because of this damn chat bubble. And it's people want really? to work. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We had like seven text messages this morning. And it's all from this chat bubble. It's pretty sweet. So. Um, Did you get some work from it too, you think? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to follow up with Danielle and see kind of how all that progresses. So Interesting. Um, but but yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty neat. It so don't be afraid to throw darts and check out like new things. If you want this chat bubble thing, uh, I'm... I'm out over my skis here, but let me. I will. I will promise you that I'll have a link <laughs> in the description of this show for you to check it out by the by the time this show airs. So I've noticed Austin has written nothing down <laughs> while we were having this fucking conversation. You know, Austin, he'll, Austin, write he'll get that it. shit down. He'll no, get it. You sent okay. it to me already. All right. yeah. okay. Is that you saying like you kind of gauge like how well you're doing? Like if I'm doing this, I'm like, okay, I'm doing. But then if you see me, 
Yeah. <laughs> you I'm know, he's off. I just like one little. We'll move on, but one little point about that. You know, I think it was one episode or two episodes ago we were talking about marketing and how much money you're spending and this and that. Uh-huh. Blah, blah. Like, and, and that's why we think it's very important for you to have a set aside money for a marketing budget. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars a month in marketing. Okay. 500 goes to this, 250 goes to this, and then that gives me 250 left over for throwing darts at things I don't know about yet. Right. And this was like one of those for you, and now it's paid off and it's working well. well but if the- you don't set the budget and you've, you know, and you're just kind of willy nilly, and then instead of spending $1,000, you've spent 13, and then you've spent 11, and then you've spent 900, and now you've, now you've skewed your numbers all out into fucking no man's land. Right. And you don't have any more expendable income for things you need like truck oil changes and employees and all that. That's why you have to set your budgets and know your numbers to know, Hey, this is the amount I have. And this is the amount of free cash I have to throw at things like that right. and experiment with things to get leads and sales and you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah. And, and I think, um, if I remember correctly, this, this, uh, bubble thing was like a thousand bucks a year. It's not, it's That's not cheap. crazy expensive, That's right? Cheap. Especially because you're giving them rapid access to get a hold of you to book a call. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Interesting. Um, what else you want to talk about, dude? So last thing we're going to talk about. All right. So you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer and it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. Is they will never think like you And so the sooner you stop expecting them to, the faster you'll start to become successful. And this is kind of a twofold topic. The first part of it is your employees. Your employees will never, ever think like you. So stop expecting them to. Um, The second fold of that is your friends and family that are not in the business that you're in. Maybe they are business owners, but they're not in your business. Or maybe they're not even business owners. They're not... it's not even it's not even that. Like your wife works for you, right? Right. She, she doesn't think like me. No, she will never think like you. Right. Or or how you view things because she doesn't have the experience that you have. Yeah. And as a business owner, like literally everything falls on decision making that you've made now and will make. Right. Right. And so you have to be able to how do I want to say this without being a jerk? You have to be able to be hard on people and be soft on people at the same time. Does that make sense? You can't, Some of it's that. You can't hammer on people all the time because they're not going to think like you all the time. Yeah. Okay, so you can't be super hard on them. But you also can't think, they're never going to think like me, so I have to hold them up all the time. 
and be super soft on them and always be caressing them and it's going to be okay. You have to find that delicate balance of where is my thinking process at with my employees and how do I handle each one? Because they're all different. Right. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So like the even beyond that, even before that, if like... You you need to get beyond the idea that your employees are going to start thinking like you. You're a business owner. You have things that you have to worry about that they don't have to worry about. They don't have to worry about making payroll. They worry about getting a paycheck. They don't have to worry about paying for insurance. They worry about paying their copay. They don't have to worry about paying the truck payment of what they drive. They worry about needing to get gas when the thing needs to get gas, right? Yeah. So if everybody thought like you, there would be no need for you. And the sooner you come around to that idea, the faster you will accelerate in business. Yeah, I and I know a lot of guys, just because of what you said there, like as business owners, like they, they don't understand that. Right. And so what that does is it stresses them out to the point where they give up. Yeah. Or they fire people they shouldn't be firing. You right. know what I mean? Or or they take on more because the phone girl won't answer the phones like she's supposed to, so I'm taking that on also, which drags the business down. Right. Like you have to have a real um independent thought process of how am I handling those situations so that I can get the best out of those employees. Right. You know what I mean? They're trying to they're just they don't understand the fact that, like you were just saying, they don't think like you. Yeah. They think that they should, and then because they don't, they take on too much. Yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately, it's just different perspectives. It's different uh, positions in life. If you're in the employee position, you have expectations from your employer, and that is your employer is going to set a good framework for you to work within. They're going to create some great boundaries for you to not get hurt but they're also going to create a framework for you to excel, right? Your employees aren't necessarily visionaries. You're the visionary as the business owner. Your employees are doers. They're going to do what you tell them to do, and they'll probably go to bat for you a thousand times over as long as you can paint a good vision for them. They aren't the painters of the vision. They are the, the I don't want to say followers. They're the that's, paint. That they, they're the ones doing the work because they trust your vision, right? They take the, well, it's kind of like our relationship is like you have the vision. And so it's like you communicate, I need this video to be this long. I want to do this. And so I take that and I'm like, okay, these are the guidelines. So it's kind of like, you know, how our relationship is. Yeah. You're, yeah. Stru- you're structuring, you know, the business and the job structure and the employee structure, and you're guiding them to fit within that structure. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And then if, if they wanted to be a business owner, they wouldn't have that job necessarily. I mean, some would and some move on and you, you know, I'm not saying that, but lots of people, if they want to be a business owner, they're going to try to be a business owner and then maybe fall back to that. Like, if they wanted to run the business, they, they could do that. You just have to... I'm not, I'm not sure what I exactly want to say about that. They, 
Because they're not, like you were just about to say, you don't want to say they're followers. Because they're not followers. Yeah, I, I you know, think they're, it's... They're not. They, but they almost... You almost have to treat them as if they're followers as a business owner, even yeah. though you don't view them as that. They're, they're inspired promoters of your business if you're doing it correctly. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and you've done a good job of painting a path of, of success for them. And if you do these things, you will be successful. Right, um, you're the, you're the visionary. You're the one who created the path. You're the one who created all of that. So, <clears throat> without that, they wouldn't have the first clue on how to be successful. And I'm not in your structure. In you, yeah, in your structure, right? Yeah. Like you owe them the creation of a structure that allows them to be wildly successful. And if you don't have any structure, and they don't know what right looks like, and they don't know what success looks like. They're never going to be successful, and then they're going to grow to hate you because they're working for you, and they're not successful, and they don't know why. And so as the leader of the company, it's your job to paint the picture, paint the vision, lay it all out for here's what it takes to be successful. And if you do these things, you will be successful. And now they still have the discipline. They still have the drive. They still have the purpose to put in all the work to do those things. But if they do them, then they'll be successful. I see a lot of newer employers go wrong because they'll hire employees and they'll be like, I don't know why this guy wasn't thinking about that the night before, right? Like he knew he had this big job coming up and he should have been thinking about that, you know, the night before and getting his game plan ready and everything else. No, that's no, not. He doesn't owe you his entire life. Right. If, if he was willing to do that and be that involved in it, he would own his own business. He would have started his own company. Yeah, right. and lots of people, we were talking about this a little bit earlier before the show, is lots of people, that's why they work for... I know guys that if they started their own company, they would kill everyone. They would just... They are great salesmen. They have a great personality. They know the numbers inside and out. Yep. But they don't want to deal with the 24-7 aspect. Yeah. Like, they want to go home and shut their brain off. Yeah. Like, the, like my wife is a great example of this. She was a manager at Research Medical Center over CT, radiology, basically all of imaging mm -hmm. for, a like, 10 years, mm -hmm. okay? And she literally got to the... Like, to, to have that position, you literally have to... You're on call 24-7 for questions over the phone. Yep. Scheduling when people don't fall out, all that kind of stuff. It's... But eventually it got to the point where she's like, I don't want to deal with that anymore. Right. Like, no, you don't. You're, you're literally running that entire department and you don't own the hospital. Right. And she's like, no, okay. So she took another job. And, but that's what she wanted to get to was when, the, when I leave, the phone is off. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between employees and business owners. When you get home at night, you're thinking about the next stuff. Even when you're talking with your wife and having dinner and doing that stuff, Mitch is always thinking about, okay, what about this? Yeah. What about that? What am I going to be doing here? That employee owes you nothing when they leave the job. Right. If they're and off the clock, they're off the clock. That's hard for business owners to, to get, especially like you were just saying, first-time business owners. Mm -hmm. When they leave and they go home, they fucking owe you nothing. Right. They are not managers. They are just employees that work for you and do the job. So stop being so fucking hard on them. And, and that's why I, I do a pretty good job of this, of explaining like my text and phone etiquette to all of my employees. Because I'll tell them flat out, if I text you, it is not urgent. It's, it's on your time clock. You get back to me when you can, right? And Mitch and I have 
since we've been doing the podcast, it's the same way. If I text Mitch and he don't respond, I don't care. Right. If he texts me and I don't respond, he don't care. But if you call, yeah. Thanks for returning my call yesterday, by the way, you <laughs> asshat. We were off the clock. It was different. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah. And that's, that is a conversation that, um, that you owe to your employees so that they're not thinking, oh, he's on me all the time. He's texting me all the time. And that means I have to be on all the time. Right. Like that's a good principle that you have set in place, I, right? I, so I got, I got basically three rules. Uh, text and phone etiquette rule number one. If I text you, it is not urgent. So text me back when you can. If I call you, I may be looking for an answer right away. However, if I don't leave a message or immediately respond with a text, disregard. I'll find somewhere else to get the answer, right? Now, third rule. If I call you and leave a message or immediately follow it up with a text, something happens. Then I do need a response right away. Yeah. Right. Like one, like the house that you were at today, they called and said, there's water everywhere. I just need to know the repair you did. I need to know what happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, and by having that, they know, like say a guy had a real stressful day and and Mitch texts him as his boss. He's like, man, I don't want to talk to this fucking guy. Work sucked. I don't, don't worry about it. But if he calls and says, Hey dude, something happened. There was, Oh shit. They know, Oh, it was something important. He's not just trying to be a dick. Something really like he needs me yeah. at this moment. Yeah, and so if you can implement some kind of rules like that, that helps break down the barriers between you thinking like you and them thinking like them, right? You're on, as a business owner, you're on 24-7. You're on in your sleep. You're on when you wake up in the middle of the night and take a leak. You're on in the shower. You're on on date night. You're on while you're sitting in the church pew and the sermon, you know, goes some direction and it sparks some idea and now all of a sudden... Your brain's derailed, right? Yeah, like and, Mitch, and I, and I know Mitch and I are both like this because he will text me at like five in the morning or five thirty. And how often do I text you? And it's like six. Yeah, like I'll be getting up and getting ready. I'm like, oh, that's good. If I text, you know, and I'm on it because we're both literally, and I'm talking about trade wins more than anything. Like I, I'm literally trying to think about what we can do for trade wins. Right. Like, how do we get? You know what I mean? So when he responds to me, it immediately activates my brain function. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and well, it's just it's it, just one of those things where like if I'm texting you it's because I'm thinking of it right now. It doesn't mean I'm expecting you to be thinking of it right now. No, but I usually am. If it's yeah, early, maybe. <laughs> if yeah. it's early, yeah. like late late, I'm usually out. I'm trying to like decompress, but right. like if it's early, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's good." Yeah. And that's how I know and this is a little off topic, but that's how I know that Mitch and I are on the same wavelength with trade wins because we're both like literally trying to crush it at other things and then still that shit's going on. Filling this in on the nights and weekends. Yeah. So like the ultimately as soon as you understand they'll never think like you, it opens the door for tons of possibilities. As soon as you can recollect that like, oh yeah, of course my guy's not gonna think like me. You know, I've got twenty years experience, he's got two. I've got business ownership experience, he's only ever been an employee. You know, I kill it in the customer satisfaction game and he's an installer that doesn't have to worry about building relationship. He's like, I'm just going through scenarios, right? Like, like, no, I get it. As soon as you can recognize that they don't think like you and why now you can leverage that to get them to be much more happy in their own job. Well, and, and what I think it does for you as a business owner, especially is it, it relieves a large amount of stress off of you. 
Because you're constantly thinking, why is this happening? What is going on? What is this? And you're worried about it. Right. You're literally like, why? I don't understand. I don't, I'm worried. But the second you can understand or not understand, the second you realize the difference between you and your employees, it almost like it lifts a weight off of you. Right. And you're like, okay, they're not doing it intentionally. Right. They're not trying to hurt the business. They just don't know, and they're not as engaged as I am. They just think differently. Yeah, and th- exactly right. They and, think differently, and it's it's okay. And they may, like, here's a twisted way to think about it. They might be just as engaged as you are. You're engaged at 100% capacity. They might be engaged at 100% capacity. The difference, their capacity is lower than yours. Yeah. So they literally might be giving you their all. It's just their all doesn't match yours. Yeah, it it doesn't have 20 years of being stretched out. Exactly. Like it doesn't encompass everything yet. Yeah, so don't judge them based off of their capacity. Judge them based off of their effort in that arena, right? And, And I'm not huge on... I'm not a I'm not a big proponent like like effort is one thing results are another but you have to compare the effort like the, you have to the, compare with the amount of effort you're getting with the amount of effort that they're even capable of putting out exactly exactly so their their max effort and your max effort are two completely different things and yeah. as long as they're given max effort with the with the tools and the knowledge that they have that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and if they're being compensated way above their max effort level, then that's on you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if you're paying them, uh, this is completely hypothetical, if you're paying them 15 bucks an hour and they're giving you their max effort and they're putting out 10, you've screwed up when you hired them yeah, at that level. Yeah, you need to make a correction. Yeah, or, or if they're, the other way, if you've hired them at 10 and their max level's 16, you also screwed up, and you need to figure out a way to make that right because that guy may end up being a rock star. Right. Like, you know, if you get a guy that knows nothing but's giving you 100% effort all the time, that guy could be your manager someday. Yeah, it could he be. Could, he could literally change the face of your company, but because your patience level isn't real high because you're not understanding exactly what's going on, you could miss an opportunity. Yeah. And listen, we all we miss opportunities every day in business, but when you can – when you can pick out a gym here or there, whether it be employees or opportunity or whatever, mm-hmm. it could seriously change the face of where you're going. Yeah. And that all starts with recognizing that they think differently than you. Well, it all starts with recognizing that you have to spot that stuff. Yeah. You have to be in charge of recognizing what's going on. Right. And too, like I'd like to add, it's like Mitch and I aren't this way. We're like really good at communicating, but say... If you're an employee and you're in a situation where you you find yourself unsuccessful, but you don't know why, something you could do, and I with every video I do with Mitch, like the first question I ask is like, like what's the goal? Like what do you want this video to be? And we sit down and we talk about it. So if you're an employee, a practical thing you could do if you're confused of what your employer wants, it's okay to be like, hey, like I want to align my vision with your vision. So then you're both successful versus being the employee that's like. Well, I'm just blah 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 blah. I don't know what they want, and I'm like, well, ask them. You know, yeah, like, right. hey, I'm confused. What are we? What are we doing? You yeah, know? yeah. And if you're and if you're an employer and you're seeing that your employee is struggling, maybe it is because you're just not on the same same wavelength. Absolutely, maybe they don't understand what Could your be. your vision for their job is. Yeah. So. Yeah. But ultimately, like, if you're rolling through employees back and forth and back and forth, and you're you're the one going, nobody wants to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Chances are. You're failing as a leader to recognize 
that they don't think like you. Well, and if, if you, you can get them to think like you, uh, <clears throat> they're going to be self-employed. So you don't want them to think like you. You you need to recognize that they do think differently and you have to build your process around what success looks like even though they don't think like you. Yeah, and like you were just saying, if, you, if you're rolling through 10 employees a month, I mean, the average case scenario there is five of them are your fault and five of them are their fault. Maybe. Okay, I mean, that's just law of averages. Yep. I mean, it, 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 it literally, if you're going through 10 a month and that goes on for three or six or eight months or whatever, half of the problem probably is you and the yep. other half is actual employees. We, uh, we just hired another plumber here in the last week. And so we've been in business. Uh, I applied. I got sh- shot down. <laughs> yeah. Application thrown in the trash. Yep. Uh, so let's see. We've been in business coming up on three years at the end of this month. And this is employee number 12. And we currently have eight on staff. So you have eight pl- plumbers on? No. Eight employees. Oh, okay. Eight employees. Gotcha. So we've hired employee number 12. This is, uh, and, and we've got eight on staff. So that means we've only lost four. They've lost four over employees. the last three years. Well, don't say it like that because you've only hired 20 total. No, we've hired 12. 12 total and lost four? 12 total, lost four over the eight years. So You know what that percentage is, don't you? 33. I think that's a D. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Well, I mean, at McDonald's, I think the turnover rate, I think it was like 50%. So if he's at 30, that's pretty good. Well, if you hired 10 and you fired four, that'd be 60%. You said 12. So 12. 12. Four. To four. Eight. What is that? Let's go 75. 78%? 75% retention rate, 25% turnover rate. Yeah, that so that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty that good. good? Uh, that's you, fucking amazing. I mean, at McDonald's, it was 50%. Okay, like it's not do. fucking McDonald's all awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it's 25% better. Oh, know? man. 75% retention rate, 25% turnover. What are you going to do when you have to fire your wife? Mm, I don't know. We're both looking forward to that day. Move out? <laughs> no. She'll, prob- mean, she'll probably be mean, like, thank you. I don't mean fire her for like, because you, you don't want her to have to work anymore. I mean, fire her for like, she's fucked Insubordination. up. Insubordination? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bitch, you know what I said. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like whenever you go to watch like Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay, it's always a relative. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, isn't that kind of strange? You no, know, I've like, never watched that show. I have no idea yeah, what you're talking you gotta about. You got to fire your dad. Yeah, it's always a dad or the <laughs> I son. I would love to fire my dad. <laughs> dad, you're dad, fired, bro. it's just not working out. It's just not working out, man. No. And it's so obvious. So you're like, why is why is this person not performing? Well, it's because he's worked there for 30 years. He's amazing, and you're paying him like $10 an hour, and you're stealing his tips. I wonder right. why he's not staying. Yeah. yeah. I can't just find good people. Because he's looking like he should stab you in the throat. Yeah. That's why... And he's, he's the only one in the kitchen. <laughs> Wrap it up, dude. It's, I know. At, we've gone on forever. We're so at 130. Hey, it's episode 100. It's, it's okay. episode 100. We ran long. So. I would like to say a personal thank you to everyone that's listened. Yeah. And my friend Mitch for letting me do the podcast with him way back when. Might even start paying you one day. I doubt it. You I still owe it. me like for four months of Phil Pole's money. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, but seriously, it's been a year and a half. Yep. It's been good, man. Yeah. It's been good. Appreciate it's been it. real good. A hundred episodes in a year and a half. That ain't yeah. bad. No, it's not. We are and thank you, listeners. We're in the top five percent of podcasts globally. So are we really? Yeah. Based on what? I didn't share with you that you did, but it didn't say anything. Yeah. Like I knew it said, and I thought he's just he's making this up because it didn't like say what it was. Yeah. Top five percent globally. Okay. I thought he was full of How shit. How about that? Well, 
let's like let's just be honest. It's a Most lot of shit. <laughs> a lot of it just comes. It's a war of attrition, right? A lot of podcasts don't make it to episode one hundred. Yeah, they don't make it past episode thirty. Yeah, and so if you make it to episode one hundred, you're doing significantly better than most. I think, and, I think, and we've got hundreds of more episodes in the tank. I will say this: when Mitch and I get together, no one can fucking stop us. When nope. he's on his own, and someone says you can't do that, he's like, "Watch me." Yeah. When someone says that to me, I say. Hold my beer, bitch. Watch, watch Mitch. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets me. It's like whatever. <laughs> see, that's good. That's good. It gets me because you'll see packages in oh, the microwave. Man. They're just like, let cool for five minutes after heating. I'm like, no, I'm grabbing that right away. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking take it and run, bro. I want, I want a tongue that I can't feel for three months. <laughs> that sounds... N- never mind. We'll it's just, we'll just eating, <laughs> eating piping hot stuff out of the microwave. Get your minds out of the gutter, fellas. No comment. All right, we're going to wrap this up. (laughs) No comment. If today's show brought you value, if you learned something from today's show, please do us a favor and whatever platform you're listening on, uh, go right now and leave us a five-star review on whatever platform that is. Also, feel free to share this show with anybody else who you feel might need it. Um, This show provides a lot of value, and we do it absolutely free of charge. So uh, until next time, guys, we will see you later. Love you guys.